The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fast Money starts now with breaking news. It was a crazy day on Wall Street and in Washington, D.C. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn pled guilty to lying to the FBI. That sent stocks tumbling. Then Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announcing on the floor that Republicans have the votes to pass their tax plan. But some details are still being ironed out even as we go to air. All of this had investors running wild today. The Dow trading in a 400-point range. That is its widest range of the year. At one point, it was down 353 points, but ultimately came back in a massive way, ending the day down just 30. As always, we've got full team coverage for you on the latest details from D.C. with Eamon Javers in front of the White House and Elon Mui on Capitol Hill, where the Senate vote is expected tonight. Eamon, though, let us kick it off with you and the drama around Michael Flynn. Brian, perhaps the most significant thing about the Michael Flynn plea today was the news that Flynn is, in fact, cooperating with the special counsel. That means uh, that it is expected he has some information of value to provide to the special counsel in exchange for these lower charges. Here's exactly what we know about Flynn's case as of tonight. Flynn uh, pled guilty today to lying to the FBI about his talks with the Russian ambassador before President Trump took office. This was during the period of the transition, after the election, but before the inauguration. Prosecutors say Flynn discussed Russia with senior members of Trump's transition team. Jared Kushner was among those officials, according to NBC News. The White House attorney saying nothing about this guilty plea, however, implicates anyone here other than Mr. Flynn himself. The White House very much uh, trying to minimize Flynn's role here, pointing out that he only worked here for less than 30 days at the White House and suggesting that, uh, as you just heard from the statement, that the only person implicated here uh, is Flynn himself. So uh, we've got the statement here from Ty Cobb saying the false statements involved mirror the false statements to the White House officials, which resulted in his resignation in February of this year. So uh, very much uh, the White House strategy appears to be isolating Mike Flynn. The question, though, for the White White House tonight is what does Flynn know and what has he told the special counsel at this point, Brian? All right, Eamon Javers, Eamon, thank you very much. Well, Flynn's guilty plea may have sent stocks lower, but progress on the tax bill is what led to that big rebound. Elon Mui has that part of the story. Elon. Brian, it looks like the vote on the Senate tax bill is going to be 51 to 49, more than enough for Republicans to get this out of the Senate, but they're going to have to do it without Bob Corker. He just said that he is a no on the tax bill. He said it was a tough vote and he's disappointed in the decision, but at the end of the day, he couldn't cast aside his fiscal concerns. Now, his no vote comes after Susan Collins of Maine said she does support the bill. She received assurances from Republican leadership that they would work with her on some key issues like health care, a deduction for property taxes, and something for medical expenses as well. So all of these concerns 
concessions are going to require some trade-offs, and one of them is the inclusion of the alternative minimum tax for both individuals and corporations. I talked to Senator James Langford of Oklahoma, who was one of the senators who got to yes today, and he said that's part of the compromise in Washington. It was really a trade-off for uh, to be able to get to lower rates, to be able to make sure that we still have the revenue. No one wants to be revenue negative in the sense that we increase deficits. We want to be revenue neutral, bring down the rates, allow more economic activity to happen to be able to compensate for bringing down the rates. Now, here's where we stand right now. We are waiting for Republicans to finish up the formal debate on the bill. That should be happening very shortly. After that, they'll move into voting on about 8 to 15 or so amendments. The final amendment will come from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell himself. That will be the revised version of the tax bill, and they'll have the final vote after that. We are still anticipating a vote tonight. Back over to you, Brian. All right, Elon Mui. Thank you, Elon. All right, let's, guys, let's talk about this, because here's the thing, David Seberg. I mean, we, we know this market has been beholden to tax cuts. Did you believe, or anybody at the Cowan team, think that this market was this beholden to political headlines like the one we got today, where the Dow fell 300 points literally in minutes? Well, the Dow three fell very quickly in minutes. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's a tape-reading algos that essentially were triggered. I mean, you look at our desk and say, institutional traders, if you will, institutional accounts, weren't blowing out of stocks. I and mean, we didn't get big sell orders to the desk. We didn't see that sort of, like, momentum come in on the sell side. It was tape-reading algos. It pushed stocks lower. You saw them try to push them and hold them down there. And what happened? We got some positive headlines that basically talked about tax possibly coming through. And, of course, it reversed from that perspective. But I don't believe it to be any more than a blip. I don't think that people really looked at it intellectually, thought this is going to derail the narrative that we have right now that's supporting this bull market, which has been earnings and a global growth. Well, I, I don't know how you can say it's not going to derail uh, at least the concept that within the Republican Party, you, you could actually, if you saw a, a, a political run like the kind we saw today, that people start to then decide what the next domino to fall on Washington might be, why that couldn't stall progress for a, a Congress that's been, or Senate's been unbelievably focused here, and, and give them credit, because I think they're actually working on a bill, which I, I hope is not going to sound like the bill that we got right away, but when Susan Collins comes on board and says she's expecting significant concessions, um, that's encouraging. Bob Corker dropping out, I think, is also very significant. And I think Bob Corker was at least a sign of fiscal restraint within the Republican team and obviously the guy that was the biggest holdout. So um, to say that things are in a great place here, uh, I think, is, no. is to, to say well, we may well, be in a so great place. Here's the problem you have, though, right? So, okay, we had this negative news on, on Flynn and potentially something to do with the president today and positive news on the tax reform. What happens once they pass tax reform and the negative news comes out again on, a, on the president? That's not over there, right? That's not a that situation's not over. That's going to drag on for a while. So we know that we have kind of this tax reform put sitting under the market. But once that's passed, I'd be I'd be afraid of what's what else is out there. You kind of have that hangover. Effect. I guess the confusion guy, dummy, is that yesterday McCain said or at least indicated he would go. Yes, the market soared. We know that today McConnell and like he should have done it in the Arby's commercial. We have the votes when he came out. You know, when he came out of the <laughs> I'm floor. I'm familiar with that. Arby's yes, you are. You know, Arby's very well. You'll see it tonight. Here's the thing. The market did not react. We still finished down, despite the fact that tax reform literally looks to be in the bag. Still finished down. But, you know, the thing that stun out to me today was, and we were discussing it before, the VIX closed effectively unchanged. The volatility index on a day like today, with all the headlines we saw, effectively closed unchanged. Yeah, it was up a percent or so. But, you know, this was a VIX at one point today was up over 14 
closed back down 11 and a half. The market doesn't seem to care. You talked about the algos that took the market down on these headlines. They also seem to be programmed to anytime the market sells off in any meaningful way, just to buy stocks hand over yeah. fist. Financials, by the way, never really wavered today. Yeah, briefly, XLF closed in the green. So all the reasons out there that we were discussing, to me, are extraordinarily scary. Market doesn't seem to care. So I hear what BK is saying. But the fact that this Flynn thing could be dragged on for months, if not longer right. than that, to me, is actually probably pretty bullish. Well, it's bullish for volatility because you will get those headlines that will hit in anything. I mean, any but negative make, headline. Why would it be bullish? Because the market the worst case I mean, is the market a president Pence. And as Jeremy Siegel said today on CNBC. It's dragged out for a series of weeks, if not months, if not a year or so. I mean, the market will look past this. Again, again think about this. Friday in front of a potential vote over the weekend, VIX closes unchanged. Again, the complacency out there, whether it's justified or not, is is alarming, but, but it's also but, you have to look but at But I, I look at the IWM, which is totally seemingly the the you know the litmus test for whether taxes are going through or not. But the IWM, so small cap stocks, which have rallied 16% from August to where we were yesterday, went, went down 3% intraday on Flynn News, not on tax news, on Flynn News. And every time we see, and we haven't had a lot of these, frankly, despite what right. you would think would be op opportunities to go after the president, but there's only been a couple moments where the market has taken right. uh, at least whether the president is sitting there in, in a position of vulnerability, today was one of those days, even if it was a millisecond. Whatever you want to say, the, the, the stock market is not immune to this. And, and to say that, you know, suddenly, I, look, whether taxes go through or not, what you just said, Guy, which is that this could be hanging over us for a long time, I think is negative. I, I, I think you've entered into a different phase of this investigation. We, I, I don't want to, we I am not going to compare this to Watergate by any means because it's not anywhere near that at all. However, we have nothing else comparable necessarily. Yeah, but it, during the two-year Watergate investigation, the Dow fell 50%. Now, that was a different time. It was the mid-70s. Totally we had gas yeah. prices. I mean, we had yeah. a lot of different... In, I understand that. So that's but the to suggest there's no risk to me no, I think there seems is. head that's, in the sand. Right. So I think there is. I mean, first of all, just uncertainly, we know there is because look at what the market did today. No, right? No. We were down 350 points yeah, on the, just the mention that was of computers. Computers. Point up, the small cap, The small caps in particular, those are, the, those are the stocks that can be manipulated if you want the most. So that's, of course, going to have the biggest impact when no, you they see can. a headline. The IWM Absolutely. is a massive big liquid instrument. I Listen, who's, I know it's a liquid instrument. manipulating the, the small caps? caps? The constituents within there are absolutely the ones that these algos are going to go after when they are trying to figure out a way to press and press and press. They, can, they, can't, go, they can't go after they can go after $50 million market caps. The yeah. IWM, the, the Russell has an yeah. index, is not something that's manipulated. It's a sentiment reader. It's certainly a momentum reader, but it's not something that the algos are going I, after because you're going after one small cap company. I, no. They're not going after one small cap company. They're going after a section of, of small cap companies, specific small cap companies. They've got a group that they're going after and blasting. It's all computer generated. Okay. You could see the guys. Are we're going to continue this discussion, but right now, let's talk more about what is going on in DC and bring in Axios co-founder and executive editor, Mike Allen. Mike, welcome to Fast Money. I mean, welcome to the Mosh Pit. Listen, we 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 learned a lot today. We got a guilty plea from Michael Flynn. However. There are still more questions than answers, are there not? What's the next step? Absolutely, and I completely agree with you guys that this is a different phase. And we have Mueller here stepping on Trump's huge day of triumph. So Axis is hearing the final passage will come around 8 or 9 tonight. Only one Republican holdout, uh, Senator 
Corker of Tennessee, uh, zero Democrats, as we have known for a while. That would be a huge moment, page turn in the Trump presidency. Instead, you're right about this dark cloud. And Mueller signals tons of clues in these documents that exactly the opposite of the White House is saying. He's taking a very broad view of what he's up to. We saw in the earlier statements. And today's statement, basically all of us have been charged to do. To, there's lots of different things that he could have had Flynn plead guilty to. The fact that he did it on Russia, on yeah. the most narrow part of his mandate, is a huge uh, sign to the White House. Yeah, Mike, unfortunately, we got kind of a bad connection with your phone, but your points are well taken. Thank you very much, Mike Allen, Axios co-founder, thinking that vote for the Senate tax bill, eight or nine tonight, although I've heard it could go even past midnight. The point, the point is, I was trying to ask Mike, is that there's a lot we don't know. And forget politics. Right. What markets are not supposed to like is when we don't know something. Right. Correct? Right. Yeah. And, we don't and know what so earnings that, are. We don't know what growth is. We don't know what's going to happen here. So why so, do we have more risk premium? There's no question there's a, there's a black cloud from a news flow perspective. And there may be negative headlines that come out. And again, the market will react to negative headlines. But how does this change? Let's make the assumption the worst case scenario sets up where Trump's out of office. How does it change the narrative of why this market is acting the way First it is? First of all, that would, that would have a mistake. massive change. I mean, Trump out of office, because whether you like really? Trump why? or not... I think, I think people want Pence. Jeremy Siegel to today on CBC said the market would go up. Whether you, well, I, I don't believe that. I think whether you like Trump or not, he, is, he has stood for a, change of the, a changing oh. of the guard. And maybe, you know, by the way, just say Trump was to, 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 to gallop out of town tomorrow for whatever reasons. Um, some might say, you know what, it served its purpose, because you actually, you didn't necessarily drain the swamp, but you completely took the pendulum to the other side. You got the country thinking in a different way. And boy, isn't that what a lot of people wanted to happen? No in doubt. fact, I'm sure that's what people want to happen. It's so you can't tell me, though, if you remove Trump from office, every time we've had the specter of this. And today was another one of those days. We've had about three of them in the, since his presidency. Not a lot of them, about three of them. Today was a very important day. It's Mueller time. And, and I tell you what, it's game on. I have I think this should, everything Tim said, it, you're, it should be extraordinarily negative. But I just look at the way things traded today on a Friday where historically yeah. this is a day with all the headlines that we got, despite the fact that it looks like the vote's going to go in the favor of the Republicans, this market should have been down anywhere from 500 to 750 Dow points and effectively closed unchanged. I'm not saying yeah. it's right or wrong. I'm just right. saying that I'm yeah, looking but, at it. And the yeah. Yeah. Right, we got, we, let's talk about what we bought today. The only thing I would say is this, is, that is Martha in Missouri – you know, or David in Dallas, they're going to not buy a car or go out to eat because they're watching these headlines. I don't think so. And that's what we earnings. Or are they going to not go to Arby's right. possibly? Or what we care, but we have the traders. Guy Adami. Let's have a pharmaceutical. We have talked it. about it last night. You weren't here. And by the way, thanks for coming in, Brian. It's great to have you. We didn't acknowledge you or greet you. We typically do that, that but it was wrong. a busy yeah. show tonight. But that was wrong. Great to have you. my choice. I was forced to come in. That's not oh. what you're supposed to say. Okay. You know we're on, we're on live. Well, this is live television. You weren't forced to do anything. I love I mean, being with you guys. You have to do two things in life. Dine, Teva pay taxes. Teva and, and, and deal with New York City traffic. Yeah, exactly. Teva Farmers. What about you, BK? Well, so despite the fact that I think that the, the Trump headlines and the dragging on of that could be a problem, I think the way that the small caps traded today are where you want to be, right? Because you know now it's quite a range, but at least today's low is your stop-out point. You know that if we get something, we get this vote tonight, Monday morning, you're going to get a little bit of a run in this. So, Is that, I mean, are you I saying buy small caps? Yes. Okay, as a word yeah. salad. I, I think uh, we talked about retail on? last night in the show, and especially the ones that have been beaten down, sort of benefiting from the fact that tax 
cuts could be like propping them up a little bit here. Burlington, BURL is a name that's moved, I think, on fundamentals, not just the aspect of tax cuts. Stayed in that one and continued to buy stuff. Well, I tell you, I shorted small caps a couple nights ago. I'm very comfortable in that short. And again, I think small caps have priced in an enormous amount. Let them have the tax bill. Let them have their way. Have at it, as my friend Dan Nathan would say. But guess what? We've actually priced a lot of that in. I actually bought energy. I think this OPEC meeting actually caught a lot of people by surprise because they came out of that meeting and they were in, in, in greater okay. unanimity than people thought. Um, Halliburton, to me, is at the bottom of a range. I've been buying this thing on a range trade. I like it. Halliburton. Okay, guys, thank you very much. We're going to stay on top of the story, but coming up, if today's wild swings have you worried, do not worry, because we've got a way for you to buy protection for less than $5. Plus, one sweet trade is turning sour. Chinese stocks having their worst week of the year, but one of our traders says now is the time to buy the dip. We'll explain. And later on, Bitcoin futures are about to become a reality. And after a wild week for the cryptocurrency, our resident Bitcoin expert, Guy Adami. No, what the hell? No, no, BK. BK says something happened that totally validates the product. We'll tell you what that is when Fast Money returns. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. It's time for a bit of a buzzkill, China style. Chinese stocks getting slammed again today, sinking another percent. Now, the big China stock ETF, there are many, but this is the biggest, the FXI, just had its worst week of the year, falling more than 4%. The biggest losers, many of the Chinese internet giants. JD.com down 5%, Tencent falling 7%, Alibaba down 9%, and Sina tumbling 12%. Keep in mind, investors in these stocks are still likely happy. Alibaba and Tencent have both doubled this year, but a dip, Tim Seymour. Are you buying the dip? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I put this in perspective, though, Brian, because you had a, a fall of emerging markets as an asset class this week relative to the S&P. A, a, a ratio I like to look at, check it out, the EEM divided by the SPY. That's my EMDM ratio. EM fell by almost 6% in six sessions against the S&P and took out the entire outperformance of the summer. This is not just a China story. China's a big weighting. But look at NVIDIA. Look at some of the mega cap names in, in, in U.S. tech. And again, high multiple names. We saw an allocation. This is not an indictment of China, folks. In fact, if anything, I think the consumption story that we've seen in China has been validated by BABA. All the numbers that we've seen, people universally acknowledge that, that, that whether it's um, STAB versus FANG, excuse me, is just as interesting of a tech story, and you're getting higher growth. Yeah, but here's, here's the bigger overarching picture that concerns me about China, is that they have a ton of debt. They're raising interest rates. They're taking that debt down. They're trying to oh, deleverage. Are we going to do well, this again? Yeah, we, we are, because they're doing it. Ago. Come but on. they're doing I it mean, now. China I mean, was supposed to blow up. This does not matter. I didn't say they were going to blow up. I said that I they have did. a lot of debt and that they're, they're taking that debt down. And when you deleverage an economy, it slows down. So, therefore, stocks should go down. So, that, to me, is what concerns me about China. Right. Uh, look, I mean, I think I, at last night FXI was my final trade. I think it's a buy here. Uh, technical setup, I think, is strong, what, the solid. FXI? Yeah, I think it's a fine setup. Uh, in my opinion, look, China has been very clear. They're trying to slow down speculation. I mean, they're going to pull the reins in when they need to or feel to. But at the end of the day, the debt, I don't worry about Guy, the debt. I mean, You're not going to have you know, a state, only, a state agency go in and declare some sort of liquidity issue. I think we're fine there. It's not up to Using that. the analogy um, of the outfield second album called... Banging. Banging. Would you say they were banging on China this week? 100 percent, Tim. That's a great point. No, but the only the, 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 the only hit from that album was Say It Isn't So. Say it isn't so. By the way, so that also fits into his discussion. So the song was called Banging so on Your Heart. Deep cuts on the outfield by the way, on a Friday afternoon. Wow. Voices from Babylon, third album, didn't do, well. do so well. Still no, ahead, one bright shadow. spot in the market today, energy stocks. Could they lead this year's laggards into leaders? We'll explain in the meantime. 
Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Nick, we'll do better than that. We'll show you how to protect your portfolio for less than five bucks. Plus, with stocks tanking, guess what traders bought today? Yeah, Bitcoin. And we'll tell you why that's so important when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. Bitcoin soaring today as federal regulators approved the launch of Bitcoin futures on the CBOE and the CME. The CME following up by announcing that its Bitcoin futures contracts will be available on December 18th. BK, what do you make of the impending launch? Well, it's a watershed event in my view. Now, I'm certainly bullish on Bitcoin, somewhat biased, but here's the thing. One of the biggest things investors ask me is, what could go wrong? What keeps you up at night? You know what used to keep me up at night? That I'd wake up in the morning and the U.S. would ban Bitcoin for some reason. With CME futures, CBOE futures, and the NASDAQ getting in the game, that takes that concern off the table. You're now going to see an awful lot of institutional oh. money flowing into this sector. It's, it's a watershed event for Bitcoin. Interesting. What keeps me up at night is insomnia. Anybody else have a view <laughs> on Bitcoin? Bitcoin futures? Because now you can short them, baby. It's not just a one-way street, guy. Please. Well, it's not just a one-way street like the Chinese no, it's stock not a market. one-way street. But Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which made an all-time high today, despite this huge sell-off in the market, is extraordinarily interesting. Valuation is stretched, but they have more things to trading, and their numbers are going higher. Volumes are increasing. Increased volatility is good for these exchanges. Chicago Mercantile Exchange is a buy. Aerosmith had an album called One Way Street, by the way. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah, we, we, it's a rock and roll it's show. It's no toys show. in the attic, by the way. Great uh, it's time. Around the horn. Tim Seymour, final trade. Halliburton, you stay here. Uh, Twitter, I'm taking it off here. 21 bucks, seller. International business machines, IBM. Brian, I think, I think we're actually. I no, think we, fast money is too fast. Oh, no, I don't know. What we're rushing You're selling that. Twitter. Seller of Twitter. I'm buying IBM, international business machines. I like their blockchain and, and AI. I knew company. you were going to say some sort of a yeah. blockchain play. Well, yeah, I mean, why not? No money. I tell you what, if you look at IBM's last quarter, BK might be onto something. I think though, Teva Pharmaceuticals. There you go. Take a look at that one there, Blacksburg Tech man. That'll get you done. If you're going to yeah. say it, say it proud. Guys, it's I, been I a real so honor. Thank you it's for hitting the short straw tonight. And, you know, you're, I love it. I love it. I wouldn't miss it, guys. Appreciate that. A lot of good ideas, a lot of good trades. That does it here. Catch you back at 5 o'clock Eastern on Monday. I'll be back, by the way, next Monday at 5 o'clock. Oh, Watch boy. anyway. Options action with a special guest. Guy Adami starts right after the break. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.